I was finally assigned on a mission. I've been a space cadet for 10 years, and I've been working my butt off for Space Station Alpha 6 for the last 7 years, in hopes of getting into one of those exploratory ships that set off on different local missions. Unfortunately, the number of positions is low, and openings are even lower. To get in, you have to wait for someone to die. That's how few openings there are on the spacecraft. The reason for that is simple. Space stations are limited in budget, and only have one or two spacecraft each. Since the Milky Way was conquered, humans built stations between each planet. Maintaining these stations is costly, so we've just become small colonies. I've never seen Earth myself, I mean SSA is where I was born and raised, and while I would love to see the green Earth, I know I never will. I don't think my body could even handle life on Earth anyway. With that said, I couldn't see myself living my whole life without seeing something other than the grey walls of Space Station Alpha 6. Now I've trained real hard to become a space cadet just so I could at least enjoy space travel once in my lifetime. And after seven long years, my hard work is finally paying off, and at 30 years of age, I'm one of the youngest space pilots to get that privilege. Now I know it's cause for celebration, but the only reason I'm being sent on a mission now is that we lost three out of our seven official astronauts last week. I say official because a few others are allowed on a spaceship without actually undergoing the real astronaut training. Anyway, so these guys were coming back from a routine transport mission between our station and another when they got caught in an asteroid belt. Now usually our systems can deal with that efficiently. With our technology, our ships can navigate in the worst space conditions possible. That said, the crew got unlucky when a fragment of one of those space rocks passed through a tiny flaw in our ship protection system, and it destroyed one of the cabin pressure regulators. They didn't even have time to send one mayday. Now the ship did make it back home, completely damaged and a wreck with what was left of their corpses. Pressure-related deaths aren't really pretty. When they took the suits off of them, their skin had taken on a pinkish color. All their blood vessels near the skin exploded because of lack of pressure pulled outward on their body. After that, it's the cold that froze them. So, it's safe to say that due to the body's abnormal sizes and discoloration, that they died from the lack of oxygen, which is normal. Well, I mean, nothing is normal out in space, but you get my point. It was a hard blow for us, for the whole space station, but such were the risks of becoming an astronaut. You have to have guts to get on one of these ships, so even knowing what happened to them, I was delighted to have a spot. It's weird, huh? I didn't even go out of my way to celebrate at the only restaurant in the station, because that would have been incredibly rude, but in a way, I was happy I was getting my chance. I wasn't very close to them, but I did offer my sympathies to the family. 
I did feel guilty because I was happy it was my turn. More than I was sad that they had died. You know, that probably just sounded like I was a real bastard, so I'm sorry about that. I'm just a human being wanting out of this tin can of the space station. And so while I did my best to contain my excitement, I was pretty thrilled about being chosen for a mission. I got to meet with the three senior officers that didn't go on the last assignment. I offered them my sympathies. I mean, all these guys were well in their late 40s and 50s, and they had tons of experience flying off for different missions. I had to show them the respect that they were due. And plus, they were the ones who were going to show me the ropes. And training is a thing, sure, but nothing beats experience. I didn't expect to become friends right away with them, especially since they were all in mourning, and I was still a newbie. And plus, they had all looked at me with that stink in their eye at first, probably because I was the youngest, and they would have preferred someone a bit older. It's not like there weren't any other candidates. I thought I'd been chosen because I had consistently been asking my supervisor. Now, a few days after my introductions to the crew, I learned that I had been chosen because I was young, and they needed to form and mold the new generation. I was at the perfect age in between seniors and juniors. When the seniors would retire, I'd get my senior title and be the one forming and molding the juniors. But the reasons, well, they didn't matter to me. All that mattered is in that month, I was going on my first mission. So I went through the full training sessions again, passed all the required tests, and aced the theory exams. My seniors, called Cinna, Methus, and Jeb, trained me for many situations that were not described in the books, by the end of the month, I was as knowledgeable as them, but not as experienced. Hell, I was shaking in my boots once I got on the platform, ready to board for our first mission. I was told our mission would be simple. Space Station Alpha 6 discovered a floating cube around one of Jupiter's rings. It was assumed to be a storage unit cube that detached from another station transport ship but we hadn't been able to find an identification label from a distance. No matter the amount of pinging we did, the cube just didn't respond to us. Our engineers thought that maybe its tracking and location systems were damaged, so our job was to go to it, open it to see its contents, and retrieve it if necessary. If not, we were ordered to destroy it so it wouldn't interfere with our other missions or cause problems in the ring. Easy enough. Exploring an unidentified floating cube seemed like an easy enough first mission. Not something worth getting the hairs on your leg to stand up, but it was my first, and so I was excited as a child who discovers candies for the first time. I was just ready to see space and just get out of the space station. The day finally arrived where I entered the ship, knowing I wouldn't be back on SSA-6 for at least another month. Even with our FTL ships, it would take about a week for us to get to Saturn's furthest ring, and maybe a day or two to find the cube. 
I spent the week getting to know the guys. We talked about our respective families, though I didn't have one. I had a girlfriend back at the station, but I didn't have kids, and we just started dating, so... She wasn't too hot at the idea of me becoming a full-fledged astronaut, despite it being my dream job since I was a kid, so, so I wasn't too sure how far we would go. Not that I had a ton of choice in the colony, but I also didn't want to spend the rest of my life with someone who wasn't supporting my decisions. Doesn't matter. Anyway, I got on pretty well with the guys. I loved hearing them talk about previous missions, the scary ones especially. They made my heart jump with excitement. I didn't really want to go through those kinds of situations, but hearing about them gave me the jitters. Someday I too would have stories to tell. I just didn't think it would happen so soon. Exactly eight days after we departed from the space station, we arrived at the cube. It looked like one of our storage units, but the markings on it were slightly different. Dare I say altered. There was some lettering I did not recognize, so probably wasn't our stations, so we could already rule that out. As we got closer, we also noticed the steel wasn't exactly colored the same as ours. This one was coated in what looked like a black resin, so we assumed it was for insulation. The products inside must be food, or worse, I didn't want to think about what we would find in the cube if this was a livestock transportation cube. It had been forgotten there for quite a while. Now we might have only discovered it a few weeks ago, but who knows how long it's been out here. SSA-6 is not responsible for food or livestock deliveries between space stations. We're primarily an engineering colony responsible for flight coordination communication between stations, quick fixes and repairs, and identification of foreign objects, such as this cube. Our space station is positioned at almost the center of the solar system, so we're able to help any station that needs it rapidly. We're also considered the med bay of all space stations, as we have more doctors here than anywhere else. Knowing that, and seeing the insulation, all of us assumed food. We hadn't missed a delivery, neither did we hear about a failed delivery at other stations. Of course, they might not share everything with us. You see, some stations try to keep their stats as clean as possible, so they might have brushed up this failure under the rug to get bigger shipments at the next budget discussion. We got a bit closer, and Methus started dressing up. He was the one that was going on a spacewalk to dock the ship to the cube. And I watched in envy through one of the cabin's windows as he floated merrily towards the cube and secured it with one of our anchors. Once we received the signal we were locked in, we dressed up and prepared for our own spacewalk. At this moment, I could feel tiny sparks in my stomach because of how excited I was. It was my first real spacewalk, not one practice in a zero-gravity environment at the training center. It was a real 
spacewalk. Alcina went first, and then I followed, and Jeb closed the ship behind us and kept that heavy iron key card attached to his outfit. You see, you need that to open the ship once it's sealed, as it triggers the pressurization room upon return. Otherwise, you gotta do that shit manually. And that's a hassle since the handle weighs about a hundred pound and is hard to lower. Not that there's gravity out there. But we all made it safely to the cube. And nobody talked for a couple of seconds. Then, Methus broke the silence. Have you guys noticed something off about this cube? Now since it was my first mission and my first contact with a cube, I had no idea what he was talking about. I thought the extra black coating was weird and, and I'd never heard about it before since I was a first timer, but I wasn't too far off. Methus reached his hand to the side of the cube and grabbed a handful of the black goop. You don't expect things to stick in space since the physical behavior of objects is missing when there's no gravity. And yet, this extra thick looking black goop was sticking to the cube and forming a perfect insulation shield. Methus took a handful, but the goop had moved to replace the missing coating in a matter of seconds. I had never seen anything in my life do that before. Even in the works of fiction, I had never heard of a protective shield that repairs itself. Methus shook his hand and sent the particles flying. This is definitely not ours, and by ours, I immediately understood he meant humanity as a whole. This foreign object mission was revealing to be even more foreign than I'd expected, and I was growing a tad nervous. Now, aliens were not unheard of, but the most humanity had seen up until now were primarily microscopic lifeforms. This alien goop in itself was already a lot more than we were used to handling. We all returned to our ship, but we stayed docked to the cube. And before rushing in, we contacted SSA-6 to let them know about our discoveries. Now, Sinna was the one who told the station about it, the black goop and the possibility that we'd find something alien inside the cube if we managed to open it up. We were waiting for the green light to go, but something gnawed at my guts. I was terrified. I blamed that feeling on the fact it was my first mission, but the three seniors also looked worried. We had no idea what we were going to find in that cube, if it was alive or not, if it was hostile or not. It's not like we were equipped and armed. We had two guns on the spaceship, and it wasn't for fighting aliens, but other humans from other space stations wanting our resources. There's actually one decommissioned station, and they become quite lawless, but we haven't heard of them in years. Now this was before I was born, but I've heard that they were called the Space Scummers Colony. And from what we know and the lack of comms, they might have all died due to the lack of funding or resources, you know, food, oxygen, stuff like that. 
But back to the guns. The two guns mainly were precautionary measure, but we never really used them. I think we also only had like a couple of days of training to use them. Firing a gun with your gloves on isn't easy, even though these guns are tailored for that. Plus, when you fire a gun in space, you have a better chance of sending yourself flying backwards than hitting a target. Now that being said, I still grabbed one once we were given the green light. Cinna opted for a welding torch, Methus took the other gun, and Jeb, well, I guess he just wished for the best because he didn't take a damn thing with him, and so we began our space walk over there again, and Cinna started torching the cube's doors to try to open them. We couldn't find the mechanism. As soon as he started using the welding torch, the goop's behavior changed. I saw it twitch from the corner of my eye, moving about the surface nervously, as if it was more than just an insulation product. In fact, the more I looked at it, the more the slime looked alive. Hell, it gave me the creeps, and so I stopped looking at it, but I could still see it rotate around that damn cube. It took Sin about an hour to get the doors open, and when they did open, our disappointment was as big as our relief. There wasn't a damn thing in the cube. Plastic boxes were laying on their sides empty. The work of space scummers? Pirates? Uh, we don't know. I mean, had this transportation cube been taken from another colony, emptied, and then left to rot in space? Well, that seemed like a likely conclusion. However, as we turned on our helmet lights and stared deeper into the cube, we realized that it wasn't completely empty. The complete silence of space always crept me out. But being inside that cube, without any light or any communication with each other, was even worse. I saw something moving at the end of the cube. Now mind you, it wasn't an enormous cube maybe 1,500 square feet, tops, just enough to carry things from one space station to another. The inside also confirmed it was human-built. There was some Russian inscription along the walls, so it probably belonged to SSB-3, that's Space Station Beta-3. They were stationed near Pluto, so it was surprising to see their cubes near Saturn. That said, Whatever was moving at the back of the cube definitely wasn't human. It looked like the same black slime that covered the outer surface of the structure. As I relayed that over my comms, something seemed to shadow over my head. And as I looked up, I saw the black mass moving toward the back. There was a sinking feeling in my chest as the realization dawned on me. We might have helped this thing put itself back together. I think we should go back. Metha stopped me from leaving, and he pointed towards the back. Now that the black mass mended together, it looked like it was taking form. I stood there, knees weak and sweating profusely in my suit, as the slime turned into a monstrous humanoid shape. Not only was it taking form, 
but it was changing color and aspect. Three bald humanoids with beady black eyes stared at us from the back abyss of the ship, their lips parted, revealing no teeth or tongue. It was just a black hole. Slowly, their skin paled, passing from deep black to dark gray. My blood turned to ice, because the more they transformed, the more they looked like diseased, mutated humanoids. They had a considerable torso and small waist, but I couldn't see a hint of a bone, despite how sickly thin their lower body was. Only the rib, abdomen, and shoulder areas looked normal-sized and they hunched over as they morphed, their bony arms wrapping around their sides. If there was air to carry sound in space, I'm sure as hell everybody would have heard them howl. They looked like they were howling in pain. It took only a few minutes for them to morph completely, and when they did, all three pairs of eyes were locked on us. They didn't move, and they didn't speak. Not that I could tell with the absence of sound. They just stared at us, looking completely despondent. Dare I say, desperate. I don't like that vibe. That vibe was rancid. Looking at these creatures made me feel depressed. Dark thoughts rose in my head, and I had to fight them back. The more I stared into those soulless black eyes, the more I felt like my life and my enjoyment was being sucked out of me. I felt a creeping coldness rushing down the length of my spine and knew that I needed to back off and quickly. Something didn't feel right, and it wasn't only because of that alien slime turned monstrously human. And when they took a step forward, I took a step backward, but my three colleagues were still staring at them. I told them to snap out of it, but they didn't answer at first. I grabbed Metha's arm and tried to pull him toward me. When his body turned and I met his gaze, his eyes were completely empty. Snap out of it! I slammed my hand on the side of his helmet and he finally reacted by asking me, what's the point? The aliens were slowly trudging towards us, keeping their death walk toward my comrades. I didn't know what else to do, so I shook Sina, then Jeb, but none of them reacted. I grabbed the key card from Jeb, my heart hammering in my chest. My teeth were chattering, and I was sweating like a madman in my suit. When I turned around, they were getting closer. I tried to grab Methus and force him to follow, but it was like he'd been anchored to his spot on the floor, and I couldn't even move him an inch. At that moment, I left through the hole that we entered from. I grabbed the anchor line, and I started pulling. Looking over my shoulder, I saw that the three alien life forms reached my colleagues and totally engulfed them, literally swallowed them. It was like their bodies, suits and all, just fused with the three aliens, just like the slime coated the cube earlier. It now wrapped itself around my seniors and took their form. And so now I had three senior-sized aliens walking toward me, and they were a lot faster now. I did the only thing I could think of. I quickly detached the anchor, then pulled the gun out 
and shot towards the aliens. Now I knew I couldn't kill them, but I wanted the shot to send me flying backward towards my spacecraft. It worked, and this gun probably saved my life once I was back into the main control module. I, without being authorized, entered the return coordinates for SSA-6, and only then did I try to communicate with the station. I informed the station about everything that had happened, what we had found in the cube, the creatures or aliens, and said we needed help from HQ and to send a military unit. When they asked to talk to Methus, I had to inform them of their deaths. They'll see it all on my suit's camera when I come back. They asked me to destroy the cube, but I had already entered the coordinates. I didn't trust what little proton beams or rockets we had on the spaceship to be sufficient to take care of that problem, and without military training, I didn't want to be the one to fire, and I knew by saying that that I'd probably lose my job, but my dream had turned out to be a nightmare and I was okay with the idea of settling. I waited seven years for this mission. I'm satisfied, and I've seen enough of the universe for the next thousand years.